Hello, welcome back to another episode of Rather Testify, where I would rather testify than go to school. Actually, I'm graduate, so it makes sense. Uh, the verse that I want to go over today is actually Psalm 23, verse 1 through 2. So if you want to follow along, you can if you want, but just want to let you know, this is the King James Version. So get ready for some weird phrasing. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He layeth me beside those still waters. Another great verse for testimony, I believe. Um, and so for today, we our guest actually is a another pastor, Pastor Austin Rifle, who actually helped be a part of a church plant that my family has been a part of for a while. He had been new to preaching for how long? Yeah, I uh, came out here two years ago, so have been preaching here for, for two years. All right, so two years of preaching. So how are you doing, Austin, anyway? I am doing well, Andrew. Good to be with you this evening. Yeah, how about yourself? How are you doing? I'm doing good. All right, good. so shall we begin? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so my first question for you is, what was your childhood like? Like, throughout like your entire life when you lived with your parents, like, what was that like? As far back as I can remember, I uh, had a very fond childhood. I, I think back with uh, very good memories. I grew up in a uh, quite a stable home uh, where both my uh, parents exemplified uh, love for one another and also stability for myself and my siblings. I was the oldest of three. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. And my brother is two years younger and my sister is seven years younger. So uh, growing up, we had uh, great times together as kids and then also were quite close with uh, extended family, you know, cousins and, and such. And uh, so, yeah, my childhood was marked by uh, my parents showing us uh, love and stability and uh, good work ethic and, and those type of things. Um, did not grow up in a Christian home, though. So there was some, uh, some you know, level of contention or conflict as uh, the Lord began to stir in the hearts of some of my family members as we um, started attending church. And so that was, uh, you know, a little sticking point as we grew older. Uh, but overall, uh, my parents really uh, showed to us kids, um, yeah, how, how to uh, love one another, at least in a, a worldly sense, not in the, the depths of the love that maybe they would explain now as they're, they're Christians now or how we would uh, describe what it is to love one another. Uh, but nonetheless, they did um, show us values and, and uh, helped us to build character. Um, so, yeah, it, it was uh, full of great memories and uh, fond times as uh, as children. I, I grew up in the on the West Coast, so I grew up in California, Bakersfield, which is right in the center of the state. Um, and so grew up going to uh, the beach for vacation or, or uh uh, things like that, which those are also things that flood my my memory as I look back to my childhood. So how'd you become a Christian, like growing up in a non-Christian household? How did you get to that point of, I want to follow the Lord? Yeah, so as I, as I look back, it's funny because um, from a very early age, I mean, it's just, I, mean, I don't know how old I was, but I remember um, contemplating the concept of death and just thinking about 
the reality of uh, not existing. And that really troubled me as a young boy um, because I thought, well, there's, man, there's something uh, that isn't right about dying and just ceasing to exist. Uh, so that's kind of step one. Uh, don't really know what to make of that. Uh, but I remember having those contemplative thoughts on the car driving, looking out the window, thinking about ceasing to exist. Anyways, um, about the age of 10 or so, had we had some neighbors move in and uh, these neighbors were Christians. And so they began to share the gospel with my brother and I. Uh, we They had two sons that were our age. And so we would play outside with them. They would invite us in for dinner and things like that. And uh, then they began to invite us to church. And so my brother and I began attending uh, this church, a community church in our city, uh, heard the gospel for the first time there, was baptized in this church, professed faith uh, in this church. And um, in that process, as my brother and I began to go to church, my parents soon after started attending with us. So my mom grew up Jehovah's Witness. My dad grew up Ca uh, Roman Catholic. And that's one of the reasons why they had set religion aside. Uh, but as these neighbors began to testify to the work of Christ in their own hearts, um, that impacted myself and also my brother and my parents uh, soon after started attending church with us. So what happened after high school? Like you are fully grown, you got out of the house. What now? So my high school years, uh, I'll start there because though I professed faith prior to high school, a couple of years, you know, went through junior high um, and would say that I was a Christian. Uh, in my high school years, I spent many years uh, playing both sides, if you will, to where um, I was um, not living as a Christian. I, I went through a time of wandering where I was concerned more so with my own uh, reputation and uh, wanting to be in with the in crowd. And so I had Christian friends and non-Christian friends. And I was I two-faced, basically. I would I would live one way with Christian friends and live another way with, with other friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, so those were difficult uh, times because I knew the truth of Christianity um, and the Spirit of God was uh, testifying to my own heart, that, uh, to my conscience, that the way I was living uh, was inconsistent with who I knew that I was and what the scriptures said. Um, and so that happened all through high school. And then also um, just outside of high school, I, I went to junior college, but it took me some time yet because I wasn't focused on school. I lived at home after high school. Um, and so really wrestled with my faith, but then also having a foot in the world and being tempted by um, things of the world and wanting to give myself over to those things and um, not living for Christ as as he calls us to. So I really wrestled for, for many years um, in high school and then a couple of years out, outside of high school. So that's kind of what my life looked like at that point. So how'd you get out of that point? Like, how did you like finally put your foot down in the in your faith and who you are? The only way I can describe it is the sovereign work of our triune God. Um, the Lord impressed upon my heart that I wasn't living as I should be living, uh, brought me to the depths of myself, seeing my own sin and seeing his righteousness and his holiness. And uh, he really just drew me back to himself. And as you read Psalm 23, uh, he began to, sh to show me from the scriptures that uh, he truly is 
our shepherd and we shall not want and that we're his sheep and that he uh, would give to us uh, the perfection of his son in place of our own wretchedness and our own sin. So grappled with, as I was moving from uh, the darkness of the world and knowing that that lifestyle was not consistent with Christianity um, and then moving into being involved in church and um, living a Christian lifestyle. Those were the things that he brought me to my knees to see my own sin. Um, so I got involved with a church, not the same church that I was attending prior to high school. This was a larger church in my city and uh, really for the first time began to own the Christian faith for myself, began to read the word of God and study and uh, have Christian fellowship that I hadn't had before. Um, so it was the Lord impressing on my heart um, that I belong to him and uh, that that means something that if I confess with my mouth, believe uh, in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, uh, that also means that my life is to to be shaped um, by the scriptures and as the, the spirit uh, guides me as his child. So what led you to preaching, like being a pastor and stuff? Like what led you to that? Soon after I got back involved with church, and as I mentioned, was uh, brought to the end of myself, seeing my own sin and uh, the righteousness and holiness of God. As I spent uh, the next couple of years in this new church and being involved at this point, a college group now, and I was learning a whole bunch, and I was growing a whole bunch, and I was uh, just loving the scriptures and uh, pouring over them and wanting to have them uh, baked into my bones. But I also had this desire uh, to then teach the word of God. It happened pretty soon after I got involved in this church. And um, so I began to voice like, man, I've got this desire to uh, teach the word. And um, so there, there wasn't many qualifications to do that in the context I was in, sadly. I mean, so they began to allow me to do that, uh, which they shouldn't have. Uh, they should have tested and they should have uh, pressed me to be more educated and to know the scriptures before I would preach and teach them. However, they allowed me to uh, explore this calling after being with them for a couple of years. And so got a, my first taste of teaching. And it was in that context that I was studying deeper and seeing that uh, shepherds of God's flock are uh, held to a particular standard and they're held to um, be above reproach and to know that teach sound doctrine and uh, also to defend against false doctrine. And I didn't know what the scriptures said. Uh, I was just getting up and saying what I thought. Um, and that wasn't proper. And uh, so that's that was my first exposure really to uh, preaching and teaching, uh, knowing that I needed more education <laughs> and to know the word uh, prior to then teaching it. Um, so... What is your goal for, like, what do you hope that God will put in your path for the future? Like, you are a pastor at a uh, at a church being that have been planted for years, um, helping lead that church into a um, into what can hopefully be a uh, a fruitful, bountiful church. Um, you who are. A, a father of three kids. I think a fourth is on the way. Fourth, is that right? yeah, a couple, couple weeks waiting on our fourth. Yeah. So, what is your uh, hope? Like, we know we can like 
fully understand what the will of God is. But what is your hope that would happen for the church, your family, yourself in the future? Yeah, a few, few things. Um, as I've began to understand what the Lord calls us to in terms of um, gathering around his word with his people on the Lord's day, my hope for myself as a, as a pastor would be that I would um, stand firm on the scriptures and uh, that I would um, be able to uh, preach in such a way that is glorifying unto the Lord and um, that I would grow in that craft and that uh, people would hear consistently, uh, faithfully the gospel proclaimed and that the Lord would uh, do the work that he's promised to do. So just that I would simply uh, study and lay the word uh, before God's people through uh, preaching, as Paul says, we uh, resolve to know nothing but Christ and him crucified, that as I preach Christ, that uh, I trust that God would do the work. And so I don't have these big, um, this is where I hope the church goes. I, I just, uh, my hope is that we would remain faithful as I know that uh, the temptations of the world and the flesh and the devil wage against us. And, uh, but it's the Lord who establishes his church and he is the good shepherd. And so trusting that he will grow the flock and we know that he uses means to do that. And the means are the preaching of his word and the peer administration of the sacraments and church discipline. And so my hope is that we uh, would remain firm in that. And for the church, that we would grow together as a body, um, as a, commun a communion of saints, that we would love one another well, that we would care for one another, that we would bear one another's burdens as he's called us to. And the great thing is, is that God actually does that through sanctifying his people and calling us to then have a deeper love for him and also for one another as we commune together. Uh, so that's uh, for you know, myself and the, the church. And for my family is that just that as well, that my family would be um, so enveloped in the work of God in his church that they would be shaped and molded by what God does on Sundays and what he does in our congregation, um, that my children would be uh, properly catechized and they would know the Lord, that they would trust him, that they would uh, lay hold of the promises that God has placed on them in their baptism, and uh, that my wife and I, that Sharon, uh, would continue growing in her calling as, as a mother of our soon-to-be-four daughters, and that she would uh, continue to love them well, raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord uh, with God's help of, for all these things. So these are ordinary and mundane things that uh, God has called us to, the simple tasks of everyday life uh, as we look forward to the life to come. Uh, that is the new Jerusalem as it uh, mm -hmm. comes down and Christ returns. So what is one Bible verse that has incredibly impacted your life, whether it was in that low time where you were struggling between both worlds or like even now well, as you're continually building the church? Yeah, so I, I would say what I um, keep coming back to, and it's, it's shaped my thinking, it's shaped um, how I consider who God is and who I am as his child and who brothers and sisters are as adopted saints is first uh, Peter and, and Peter is writing to uh, a church that is enduring much persecution and he is going to tell them um, that they are to endure this suffering and that God uses suffering to refine us and to sanctify us but the way that he opens the 
the letter is just so striking. Uh, so he opens after he um, greets the folks that he's writing to in verse three, he says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> According to his great mercy, uh, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable and undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So there's so much packed into this that it's according to God's mercy that we've been called and adopted. It's because of the hope of the resurrection that we've been brought to new life. And then we've been brought to new life to gain this wonderful inheritance and the inheritance, which is great. We see it in Psalm 16. The inheritance is the Lord himself. And Peter is telling the saints there that this inheritance is imperishable. It, it will never perish. It's undefiled. It will never be defiled by my sin, by your sin, by the sin of the church. And it's unfading. It will never fade away. And that it's being kept. So God is keeping it, but also keeping us for him. And it's a salvation ready to be revealed. There's nothing else that has to happen. It's complete. So that's that's a verse that I just keep or a couple of verses um, that I have been so shaped by because there's so much packed into it. A lot of theology there and just a handful uh, of verses. The way that Peter starts that letter is just what a true living hope it is uh, for God's people. Okay, so we're about heading to the end of our time. Is there anything that we can pray for you in any time of need? Yeah, I, I think, as you mentioned, we've got a fourth child on the way and uh, with already three young ones running around uh, six, four, and two. You know, the house is very busy. And uh, anytime you are expecting a new child, there's a lot of, as the scriptures even uh, talk about the time of uh, childbearing, there's this great time of waiting. And uh, that's where we're currently at, where the, the due date is uh, June 12th. And, you know, Sharon is uh, getting more and more <laughs> uncomfortable as she waits for the baby. So you can pray uh, for, for strength for her, and that for, for all of us, that we would be prepared to uh, welcome our fourth baby, uh, Lord willing, that uh, the Lord would bring her to us safely um, and that we would uh, be ready to take take her into the fold and uh, to love on her well. Um, so there's that. And then um, just maybe on a more personal note, I um, as I mentioned, the uh, things of remaining uh, firm on the word and teaching and preaching God's people faithfully. Uh, just that that uh, you could pray that I would be strengthened uh, to that end and uh, built up in the faith uh, as I do that. You can pray for um, Sharon and I's marriage, uh, that the Lord would bless and keep us um, and for the church at any reform. So there's a few uh, prayer requests, but those are things that uh, are, are on my mind this evening. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. And we thank you, the audience, for joining us for the, I think, fifth episode. Yeah, the fifth episode of Rather Testify. Um, so I really struggle with ending these things. But, uh, <laughs> but we hope to see you again next week. See ya.